KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. The deadline to get health insurance through the marketplace if you don't get it through your employer, Medicaid, or Medicare is coming up fast. Now, signing up for insurance can feel like the Wild West if you're navigating it on your own. What level of premium can you afford? Is it worth the risk for a high deductible plan? What types of plans are you eligible for? Our system is a bunch of patches. I mean, there's no other way to say it. You know, we started with employer coverage, then we added Medicare, then we added Medicaid. Now we've added the ACA. It's not as elegant as you might see in some other countries, but we've made huge strides over the last decade. The good news is you have options and there are people who can help. I'm Matt Leon and today on KYW News Radio In-Depth, sponsored by your Delaware Valley Honda dealers. Get a deal you'll like on a Honda you'll love. We're talking with Kathy Hempstead. She is a senior policy advisor at the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation, an organization dedicated to health care access and equity. They're working to get more people enrolled in the health care marketplace and Kathy will tell us how to sign up, what to look for when choosing a plan and where to go if you need help figuring it out. So let's start kind of with the timeline. We're coming up on the deadline for people to uh, sign up for insurance coverage, the ACA open enrollment period. Uh, Kind of give us the nuts and bolts of that timeline and what people need to do. Sure, yeah. You're right. We're coming up on the timeline. I know you have listeners in Pennsylvania and New Jersey, so that timelines are actually slightly different. If you're in New Jersey, you have till January 31st. If you're in Pennsylvania, and I think this is a very recent change, you have until January 19th, which is next Friday. And that is on healthcare.gov or is this for state? This is states? Yeah. Neither of these states use healthcare.gov. They both have their own state exchanges. So in Pennsylvania, it's called Penny, P-E-N-N-I-E. And in New Jersey, it's called Get Covered NJ. And both of those exchanges have really good websites that you can just go to. And I would just right off the top recommend that as a first move for anyone looking for coverage is go to those websites. And they are doing lots of things to try to help people. They have call centers. They're having live events in Pennsylvania and New Jersey, respectively, and connecting people with brokers and other people who can help them. Overall, where are we as far as health insurance coverage in this country? I know we hit a point where it was at almost a high, I think, last year, but then some things happened with Medicaid and and stuff like that. So where are we? Well, I think we're we're kind of um, transitioning. We don't have a great data point since we started doing the Medicaid disenrollment, but you're absolutely right. We we hit a sort of national low in uninsurance or high in insurance, like 8.75% uninsurance nationally and Pennsylvania and New Jersey, both doing better than that. And, you know, in part that reflected the fact that we had stopped checking eligibility for Medicaid during the pandemic. So we had people in Medicaid, some of whom were not necessarily eligible. So now we're seeing some people losing their Medicaid eligibility as the redetermination happens. And the truth is that most of those people, almost all those people do have another offer. So they're either eligible for employer insurance, maybe some have aged into Medicare, and the rest would be eligible for marketplace coverage. So in a perfect world, we don't really need to lose that much coverage in this process. But but the truth of it is we probably will lose some because some people won't take an employer offer because it will be 
you know, it'll be costly or they might not enroll in marketplace coverage. So by encouraging people to look at the marketplace, it definitely is an effort to try to maintain the momentum that we've that we've got with coverage and keep enrollment as, as high as we can. Did I hear correctly? The Inflation Reduction Act kind of tried to address or took tried to take a make it life easier on the marketplace? Definitely. So the marketplace coverage has been growing in the last few years. More and more people have turned to the marketplace. And the main reason why is because of the Inflation Reduction Act. And the Inflation Reduction Act created some changes that made the plans much more affordable. It, it allowed people at a higher income level to be eligible for premium tax credits where they used to face sort of a cliff if their income was too high and get nothing. So, so that was super helpful. And then the other thing was that it made the premium tax credits larger. So people across the board were eligible for larger tax credits, which, you know, translates into lower premiums. And so most people that go shopping for plans can can find a plan with a premium $10 a month or less. So that's that's quite affordable. And we've seen a really big response from consumers over the last couple of years, enrollment growing, growing, growing. And we may break 20 million this year, which would which would be a big deal. So I think the Inflation Reduction Act has been huge. I think Maybe since the pandemic, people are taking taking the issue of coverage more seriously. So there might be a little bit of a demand effect where more people want to be covered. And we're also seeing small business using the marketplace more. They don't have an insurance mandate. They're not required to, to provide coverage. And uh, coverage is really expensive for small business owners. So, you know, I think that small business owners are discovering the marketplace a little bit more and are, um, you know, are sending people there one way or another. So I think that that's another source of of the growth. And, you know, from, from what I hear around the country, including New Jersey and Pennsylvania, enrollment is on a pace this year to, to surpass last year. So, so I think that we're, um, you know, the marketplace is thriving right now. If you're looking to get a plan, what would you recommend people should look at when it comes to kind of getting the best plan for your needs? I mean, obviously affordability is right at the top there, but, but, Kind of past that, what are some other things people should take into account? Because I know when I was first involved with insurance, the only thing I was worried about was how what was the cheapest or what could I afford, stuff like that. But it, as you learn, it goes much deeper than that. Yeah, I mean, the, the, what I'd say at the top is that there's no terrible choice. The plans are all regulated by the federal government that they all have to cover the same things. So in terms of sort of big picture things, you can't make a horrible wrong choice and find a plan that, you know, won't cover your cancer treatment or something like that. There are different metal levels, bronze, silver, gold, that basically indicate how much you're going to pay in a premium versus how much you might pay out of your pocket when you when you go seek care. And, the, you know, obviously the higher you pay for your premium, the lower your co-pays, the lower your deductible. Almost everybody picks a silver plan. So you know, if you if you know you're going to use a ton of care and you can't stand paying a big bill, you might choose a gold plan. If you, you know, are really, really tight for money or, you know, you on the other hand, you have so much money that you don't mind paying a couple thousand dollars at once for something, maybe you would pick a bronze plan. But almost everybody picks silver. So the plans are regulated by the federal government in terms of what they cover. Um, I've talked about the metal. Then I think what you really want to look for is two things, the provider network, because, you know, the plans, the insurers, and there's really quite a bit of choice in, you know, in almost every place, especially somewhere like Philadelphia, you have quite a bit of choice of, of carriers. The carriers are creating different provider networks. So you want to look at the provider directories. You know, if you're already kind of 
in relations with certain providers, you want to see if they're included in that network, if that's important to you. It's not important to everybody, but, but you know, for lots of people, that's super important. They want to be able to keep their doctor. And then the other thing you might look at is if you take an expensive medication, like a brand medication like Humira or an AIDS medication or something that costs a lot, you might want to look and see where's that medication on the plan's formulary. Because, you know, they're not all the plans are the same in terms of where they place, where they tier the different medications. So you might find for a particular person, it might really matter which which plan you pick. So those are the two things that I would mention, you know, for for many people, those things aren't that important. Maybe they don't really take an expensive medication. They don't see a lot of doctors. So for them, you know, you might really just look at price and the location of where the doctors are. But if you're really shopping on features, I think those are the two features I would recommend people think about. We need to take a break on KYW News Radio in depth. We will continue our conversation with Kathy Hempstead, Senior Policy Advisor for the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation, in just a moment. But first, there's nothing quite like the Honda Accord Hybrid and the CRV Hybrid when it comes to exhilarating efficiency. With hybrid technology and thrilling capability, these vehicles deliver an electrifying performance on every drive. This new year, discover for yourself what truly makes these hybrids special. Read Define your driving experience with Honda, KBB.com's best value brand of 2023. Contact your local Honda dealer today about the Honda Accord Hybrid and the CRV Hybrid. And now on KYW News Radio in depth, let's continue our conversation about health insurance with Kathy Hempstead, Senior Policy Advisor for the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation. Health insurance has been such an issue for so long in this country. But it does feel like we're starting to turn the corner and get this right from a macro sense when it just comes to getting more and more people covered. As someone who studies is waist deep in this, does it feel like that to you that we're starting to get it? Yes. Um, I mean, it. our system is a bunch of patches. I mean, there's no other way to say it. You know, we started with employer coverage, then we added Medicare, then we added Medicaid. Now we've added the ACA. So it's it's not as elegant as you might see in some other countries, but we've made huge strides over the last decade. And, you know, the individual market used to be just completely underwritten. So if you were sick, you couldn't get a plan. So if you didn't get insurance from a job and you weren't eligible for Medicaid, you were really out of luck and there was there was no place you could go. So this has been a tremendous improvement that has, has really helped millions of people. And the, the Medicaid expansion that you know New Jersey and Pennsylvania did and most other states have done has been helpful for the for the lower income people who are actually their incomes too low to allow them to go into the marketplace. Now, there you know, there's still some states in the country where we have people in a coverage gap where they're too poor for the marketplace and not poor enough for Medicaid. So we're not done and there are still racial differences in health insurance coverage and there's, you know, there's a big income gradient. So it still reflects some inequality in this country, but we have made a lot of progress. And, and it's really it's really great to see people turn into the marketplace and, you know, see enrollment grow, because the more that enrollment grows in the marketplace, the better the risk pool will be, the healthier it'll be. And, you know, it'll become a more sustainable source of coverage. If you were offered employer coverage, would it behoove you to still check the marketplace to see if it's better than what your employer offers? Because I think a lot of people just default to 
if they are in a situation where the the company they work for offers it, they just kind of go in there. But is that an option, something people should at least take a look at? Well, you're only eligible for a marketplace plan if your employer offer is considered unaffordable. So you can't just choose, you know, if you have coverage somewhere else, you have to take it. Like if you're eligible for Medicaid, you have to be in Medicaid unless you want to go into the marketplace and take no tax credit and just pay retail, which would be really expensive. And same thing with employer coverage. If your employer coverage is considered affordable and if you're not sure, you can check. Some employer coverage is really skimpy, especially for dependents. Sometimes employer coverage for dependents is really they're not paying any of the costs. So if if you if you think your employer coverage is not is not affordable, you may be able to go into the marketplace. But in general, in general, it is. And then you can talked about starting to get this right. If you were in charge, what are things you would like to see to kind of have health insurance in the United States take kind of the next big step forward? What we're witnessing I mean, this is this is my opinion, you know, with the with the Medicaid unwinding and all the the trouble with eligibility redetermination and all the, you know, the back and forth and all the money we spend sort of seeing if people are eligible for something or not or not. And you think about all the money that we spend on health insurance. I mean, I think there's an argument to say having a universal, low cost, basic system that everyone's just eligible for the way people are eligible for Medicare when they turn 65 would probably be a lot easier. And then, you know, there could be ways for people to build on that if they if they want to purchase additional coverage. I mean, that's sort of what other countries like us do. You know, they have kind of one one basic system that everyone is automatically eligible for. And then there are opportunities to buy more coverage. We haven't gotten there yet, although I think, you know, I think some people support that. But I think um, there was a gaping hole in the system that we had that the ACA has filled. But I guess looking at... Um, Looking at what's going on with eligibility redetermination, you know, reminds me how much money we spend and how much time we spend, you know, seeing whether people are eligible for coverage. We are in a presidential year and it seems like at least every four years since the ACA was passed, we have this it come becomes a political football again uh, where people want to replace it with something else, but we never quite see the plan that they want to replace it with. Uh, This is mostly Republicans that are unhappy. What damage does that do is my question when they're, even if it's not, even if it's just rhetoric, but kind of putting this uncertainty into the ether when it comes to the ACA and the future of healthcare, uh, does it do damage? It's not constructive. I think when you, you know, when you have a marketplace with 20 million Americans enrolled in it, it becomes pretty hard to say you're going to take it away. And and I think when you really look at what people say, they say something better or supersede it, you know, and I feel like the obvious thing that would supersede the ACA would be some kind of universal coverage system, which, you know, I don't think we're hearing anybody talk about. So, you know, I feel like the ACA is, is, is pretty well established now. And even in, you know, in some of the states that you think about, like Texas or Florida, where you know, there's been a lot of anti-ACA rhetoric. Those are states where the the people that actually live in those states are, you know, millions and millions and millions of people enrolled in in the ACA marketplace because they, you know, they need that coverage. And in places like that, employers are less likely to offer coverage. They haven't expanded Medicaid. So, you know, the ACA is, is a lifesaver. So, you know, nobody's happy with health insurance. You know, I mean, even people that have insurance are, are mad about how much they have to pay at the doctor, how much they have to pay for drugs, like, the lack of transparency and hospital pricing, you know, all the 
all the ways um, that it doesn't serve consumers well. So I think it's it's always easy to stir the pot around health insurance because there's always things that people are dissatisfied with. But I think that there have been some really positive accomplishments, the ACA and also the the IRA and the um, you know the policies to reduce prescription drug costs. I think there's been a lot of support for that, and I think we're you know seeing some some useful policies. So people that say they want to replace the ACA, you know, um, my ears are open to hear what they want to replace it with, but I don't think anyone's going to take coverage away from 20 million people. One of the things when you have coverage is you can go blind on the paperwork. And I, when I, I don't even mean just signing up. I mean, you go to the doctor and you get a, you know, eight page thing of explanation of benefits and stuff like that. Could you give people some insight? What are the things to zero in on that really pay attention to like on those benefit sheet packages? That's a good example of one of the complexities in our system that make people crazy is all these different, um, you know, flexible spending accounts and different different ways we have to shelter income from taxes that we that we spend on on health. And, you know, everyone has a slightly different thing going on with their employer. I mean, I think that's it's money a lot of times that you can get reimbursed if you submit the receipts. For most people, it's worth a bother, but it but it is a bother. You know, it is a bother. And people are always, I think, surprised by what their deductible might apply to. So there's still opportunities, unfortunately, for a lot of bad sticker shock in, in healthcare where people go get an MRI or something and are surprised to see they have to spend, you know, $535, especially this time of year, because everyone's deductible is, is resetting. So, I mean, just because people are covered, it's, it's much better than not being covered. But there are a lot of things to to irritate you when you're covered. And I think, you know, in general, people are don't feel that well served by our health insurance system. Um, you know, would there be a way to design a simpler system with just less co-payment for a much broader range of services, you know, sort of a basic plan that that everybody could be in? You know, you can kind of see the the argument for that from an administrative efficiency standpoint. So you know, I'm with you. I can't, I can't solve those problems, but I can definitely commiserate. And real quick, once again, people want to get covered, give us the deadlines and how to do it. Specifically, you talked about Pennsylvania, New Jersey. Absolutely. Yeah. New Jersey, you have till January 31st. You should go to get covered NJ and Penny January 19th. They both use state platforms, not healthcare.gov. So, but those are great resources. They have lots of ways to help people, including opportunities for in-person help for people that want to sit down and talk to someone. I know that Penny has events in Philadelphia in the last couple of weeks of January and other counties in Pennsylvania and Get Covered NJ has live events too. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio In-Depth, sponsored by your Delaware Valley Honda dealers. Get a deal you'll like on a Honda you'll love. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.